This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4. Hey everybody, I'm Janelle. I'm addicted to Celsius energy drinks. I hate wearing pants, and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Hi, I'm Rachel. My style is homeless chic. I own blue blockers, and I went to CIA camp in high school. Hi, I'm Jeff. I have a tattoo of a quote from the Lewis and Clark expedition. I got my dog while I was still drunk from the night before, and I had really bad asthma growing up. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast. That was so good. That was really good. I hate wearing pants too, Janelle. Fucking hate pants. I fucking hate pants. (laughs) Actually, I'm I'm currently not wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably not be wearing pants. Just in case you're wondering. Yeah. Uh, It's Um, like the first thing that comes off when I get home. They're always sitting at the front door. Like people take their shoes off when they get home. I just take my pants off. (laughs) But you wear jeans, don't you? Now I do. Yeah, that's, that's why. I used to yeah. come home when I lived in Wisconsin and Minnesota. I would have my winter coat on still, and my pants would be off. And no one would be like, you haven't yes. even taken your coat off. I'm like, yeah, the yes. pants, pants got to go. No, but I would never take my coat off either because I'd be cold, but I couldn't wear jeans anymore. <laughs> totally. I'd be like, I'll wear a coat. I'll wear my beanie, but I will not wear pants. Excuse you. <laughs> I'm the same way. Um, I'm really proud of us. We did that in one take. So congrats to us. Yeah, we did a good job. We did a great job. And you Everybody pat yourself on the back. I already yourself. did. I already did. Okay. Very good. Um, okay. So I, do, should we just start bantering? I think we are bantering, girl. Great. Okay. Super. How have you been, Janelle? I've been good. I, well, we just got back from Ragnar. Like mm-hmm. I haven't even been back for, well, it's just about 48 hours now. And just trying to get back into life. Yeah. I'm, have you been just sleeping nonstop? <laughs> Did you hear my dogs? Yeah. They just decided <laughs> they wanted to join. <laughs> um, I, you know, I haven't, but I think I, well, I slept a lot cause you left earlier, but I slept a lot when we were still in Colorado. Mm. Yeah. So I've been so just sleeping. Tired. I can't get enough sleep. Yeah. I'm still trying to get over my cold that I had while we were there. So yeah, I heard from I. So I'm doing this sound healing tra- mentorship, and I heard that the mold in Texas is like beyond. And so I actually felt like I could breathe better at 8,000 feet altitude than I can here now that I'm back. Yeah, that's interesting. What kind of mold? I don't know, like all sorts. It's supposed to be really, really bad. I kind of want to get a mold test. Oh, especially with all the rain and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I came back and all of a sudden my chest is like congested. So Ew. I know it's, yeah. Okay. I, you know, good. you know, Chelsea who, you know, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, Chelsea. Oh, we're so cool. yeah, that's so funny. And then there's another girl that I know that took my photos for my website. And both of them have had like extreme mold exposure since being in Dallas, cool. which is crazy. Damn. So I kind of want to get the test, but I think it's expensive. So Mm-hmm. We'll so I was debating on in my intro. This is like very off topic, but at Ragnar, have you guys, okay. Did you ever watch Rugrats growing up? Yes. Of course. <laughs> okay. So do you remember like one of them gets, 
I don't know, like chicken pox or some sort of bump like in the center of their forehead between their eyes. And then they think they're like turning into a rhinoceros. Do you recall this plot line? I do. I don't. <laughs> okay. Jeff, man. I'm pretty sure it was Chucky. You're two for two right now. You're excellent. Yes, it was Chucky. Okay, thank you. So Chucky, I currently have I currently have a massive zit in the middle of my forehead right now. And it looks like a rhinoceros horn. Aww. That was also what I was debating between in my intro, but that felt a little too long to explain in my intro. <laughs> but now you. But I wanted the, to confess. But just you had so the whole knows. banter for it. Yeah. So I, I specifically wrote down that I wanted to let everyone know that I have a massive zit in between my forehead. <laughs> so what was the bump in Rugrats? <laughs> chicken pox? Jeff, it's chicken pox. Oh. Was it chicken pox? Okay, I was right. I mean, that makes sense. It for... would make sense. Babies. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. With bumps. But when. You know, you're in your late 20s. It's just cystic acne. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so funny. Dude, I mean, okay. Anyway, I just wanted to confess that. I felt I felt that really relevant to kick this podcast off. Well, I still love you. It's all good. I have adult Thank onset you. acne, as we've learned from yeah. episode two. <laughs> yeah, that's what really sparked. I felt like you had that confession, so I had to confess that it's happening. Um, how did you feel about Ragnar, though? I you love without- I loved it. I mean, it was really hard. I thought it was, I wasn't as sore, but my body was just like tanked afterwards. So, um, but yeah, I love it. I mean, I was afraid this time that I wasn't going to love it as much as the last time and that I wasn't going to be as excited about doing it again. And then I got back and was just like, I wanted to, when's the next one? When's the next one? So I am ready. Like if you guys said it was going to be in January, I'd be game. Right? I know. It, it, only doing it once a year feels like it's not frequent enough. Yeah, I agree. Have you I ever do have done a question it? for you. I have not you. done anything like that before. Really? W- would you be able to with your back? I could probably... I could make. Yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun. It's the best. You just is. camp. Everybody talks about poops and fart, farting the whole time. Sure. Yeah. Because, and then that means you're a real runner, quote unquote, apparently. Um, oh, Yeah. But it's it's the best. Like, there's people uh, right next to us who are from Idaho who are, like, what would you say, in their late 50s, Janelle? Yeah, probably late 50s, I guess. Just flying past us. Like, they were just amazing. Are you carrying all your stuff the whole time, too? No. No, no, no. You've got a campsite. And then it's – so there's eight people, three loops, and it just, like – you're just constantly – somebody's constantly running. Oh, okay. And you're trying to get it done in 24 hours. Got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah. We got it done in twenty, just under twenty-seven. So yeah, we were pretty close. Yeah, we got. We were better than last year. Closest we've ever been. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very fun. I wanted to hear about your uh, your hot tub Marco Polo too, Rachel. Because oh yeah, I was very confused. (laughs) Me too. It sounds kind dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I got stuck in Denver. My flight didn't go off because of the storms that were here. Oh yeah. So Janelle, did you hear about the storms that were here? I heard about the crane. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like 70 mile per hour sustained winds and just yeah. Yeah, shit got really messed up here. Um, so I get to the airport. All the flights had been canceled. Nothing available until the next day at 6.30 p.m. So because it's weather, I have to pay for a hotel. Dang, that sucked. So I get to the hotel. I watch Handmaid's Tale. Wake up. I know. Wake up the next morning. And then I'm like, well, what do I do for, like, hours? So I was like, oh, I'll go to the hot tub. So I go to the hot tub. I click the button in the wall to, like, turn the jets on. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody had poured, like, bath bubbles in the 
And it was yeah, like... Yeah, it looked like a bubble bath. It was like billowing was over the sides. And it, I couldn't turn it off. It was like 15 minutes. Jets around for 15 minutes. So I just sat there. I was like, it was not that hot of water. I probably should have gotten out. I don't think I would have gotten in that water. <laughs> it's good. So what, I, what did I do? What did I do? I grabbed my phone and I just started Marco Poloing everyone I knew. I was like, "Look, look at the bubbles. Look at the hot tub." And then it finally, like, the, it stopped. The jet stopped. The bubbles went away. And then did I, it smell like soap? I didn't smell it. I probably should. <laughs> oh my god! So concerned for your health right now. <laughs> Maybe you're not feeling mold. You're feeling whatever was in that. Uh... That is really true. Hmm. Yeah, but um, what kind I, of establishment was this? Like star that, level? I don't know. Dylan like a, found it a for Motel me. Motel Six or no? Like a... It was like a Holiday Inn Express. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's a little better. It was legit. I once I once lived in a Motel Six for like a week. I remember. And it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. There was, when I got to the Holiday Inn Express, there was dance class, like dance lessons going on. But I I was going to jump into the dance lessons, but they wouldn't let me because the class had already started. It was sad. What kind of dance was it? It was like, um, not line dancing, but it was like more formal, not ballroom either, but it was almost like if you were to prepare you to go to like an event where there'd be dancing so that you, like they were doing, Mm -hmm. they were learning dance moves, but it was like. I don't know. I'm doing a very bad job of describing this. So like line dancing, but not like country line dancing? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it served its purpose. I got a free continental breakfast the next day. That's really important. It's kind of effed up when hotels don't give you a free breakfast. I know. I agree. They had the, uh, <laughs> have you ever been to the one, the pan, the pancake maker station where you pour the pancakes in and then it's on this like, uh, Dolly, it's the coolest thing. Oh, I always get the the uh, waffle maker one. They didn't have that. Mm. I know, but they had the pancakes, uh, and they like go on the little train and then yeah. they flip down to the bottom and they flip to the other side. It was good. What? Yeah, I have I a video. I've never seen that. I have a video on my phone. I can send it to you if you oh, want. Like, I was like, you probably should. I was like, Dylan, check this out. He's like, duh. Every Holiday Inn Express has it. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, he was just in Orlando and they had Mickey Mouse shaped waffles. So and he had a huge stack of like seven of them. I was jealous. Had a Captain America waffle the other day. How what does that mean? Like Captain America, the star logo. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes more sense. I thought it was like shaped like Captain America. (laughs) It's a very complicated picture to have a waffle of. That is true. We had a waffle making party at work, and we brought in seven different waffle makers. Wow! And then, of course, we blew a, we blew a fuse. But one of them was Captain America. Do you? What do you put on your waffles? I haven't had a waffle in my adult life. But you just had a Captain America. Probably American. like that's what I'm saying. But like in eight years, so this is the first waffle I've had in maybe eight years. Um, and I. I put strawberries on it. Yeah. That's sad. You haven't had a waffle in eight years. Yeah, not really. We do pancakes. That's like my family. We eat pancakes. We're not really waffle people. Are you a waffle person? I'll go either way. Yeah, me too. I'm not a syrup person, though. Get that shit away from me. I like syrup. I also like honey on them. Ooh, I do honey. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the agave nectar. 
never had it. I haven't either. Like, especially by itself <laughs> or like as really? a topping or something yeah. like that. I think I've had it in things. Yeah. No, you, you put it on pancakes. Why would you do that? I don't think it's very good. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like syrup. Where did you get that? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, a bunch of places sell it now, like Whole Foods, Central Market, so. all those. Yeah. Is it clear? Oh, you mean where did I buy it? Yeah, yeah. you can buy it anywhere. Sorry, I thought you meant where did I get the idea. Oh. Yeah. Yum. No, when we were at Ragnar, we went to this, we flew into Denver and we went to this really good breakfast place and everybody, or a few people got like sides of um, pancakes and they were huge. And so I was like, yes, I'll eat some of that. Cause they were like, does anyone want some? I'm like, yes. And then they poured syrup all over that shit. I was like, yeah, sorry. You just, you ruined it. I, I still yeah. love syrup. I'll still do that. I've been doing honey recently, but yeah, I'll always go back to Maple do you syrup. have a brand preference? Like, are you a Aunt Jemima or whatever it's called? Or are you any syrup? So growing up, definitely Aunt Jemima. Um, but now it's, I don't know, it comes in a glass bottle and it's a lot fancier than it used to be. So <laughs> Yeah. There's some good like bourbon syrup mixes. It's like a whiskey bourbon kind of smoky flavor mixed in your syrup. Okay, I might have... like that. I might like that. Yeah. So. If I, uh, if you ever go visit my parents' house, my dad has some, go hit him up. <laughs> I wish I had known that when I was in Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. That's not very relevant for either of us anymore. <laughs> um, when are you going back there? Anytime soon? I hope for the fourth. Okay. Don't but... be there. Not me though. TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And in August. Yeah, and in September. Place. Oh, yeah. Jeff's from Wisconsin. I am. Are you really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's born in Racine. Oh, good old Racine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you move away? Uh, when I was young. I think I was eight when I moved to Plano okay. and then Dallas shortly after that. So I've kind of been in Dallas most of my life. Good times. What do you identify as? A Texan or a Wisconsinite? What's your identity t- I guess a Texan at this point, because so much of my life has been in Texas. Um, I mean, I still understand everything from Wisconsin, like Bubblers and Kringle and Summerfest. Wow, you do. But but I would think Texan at this point. Okay. Dear Lord, I did get someone from Florida that asked me once. They're like, oh, so you live like in the mountains. And I'm like, what? No, I don't. (laughs) Like there's not a single mountain in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Who taught you geography? Get out of here. I mean, there are you can go skiing there. That's where I learned how to ski. I did too. But it was not... on a trash mountain. Yeah. What, what exactly. mountain? I don't remember. It wasn't really a mountain, but it was like a giant trash pile that they turned into it was like in a sledding. Right? Was it in Oconomowoc? There's a trash mountain there. I, I don't it, remember. It's... I was too young to remember. Uh, but I remember it's not those. open. Yeah. It's not open anymore, but yeah, there's a trash mountain because that's where I learned to snowboard. Wow. On a trash mountain. Maybe you guys knew each other when you were kids learning how to go down the trash mountain. (laughs) I don't think I snowboarded or anything. I was, I did a lot of tobogganing. Oh. Or I had a saucer. Yes, yes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and I was shredding the gnar on trash mountains. (laughs) Can't even say that with a straight face. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Should we get started? Should we officially Let's... introduce Jeff? Yes. Okay. So Jeff, I met here down in Dallas. Um, he has saved all of my muscles because of the products that he's created. He is the creator and owner of Entity Labs, and I am so honored to have you on our podcast, Jeff Beatty. Hello. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So why don't you just start by explaining what Entity Labs is? Yeah. So Entity Labs, I started probably about two years ago. Uh, so I was in a pretty bad motorcycle wreck uh, in 2016. I was going to school for biomedical engineering at the time at the University of Texas at Dallas. And um, unfortunately, I had to drop out because of all of my injuries and everything that kind of came up from it. So I, uh, I had a really bad concussion and I had uh, seizures and PTSD and I had already hurt my back twice and had two spinal surgeries. So this just made it worse. So at that point, I was just looking for something to help with pain and seizures and sleeping and everything that came up. And uh, it was before a lot was happening with CBD. And when I started to look for products, I just couldn't find anything that I actually liked. You know, there's a lot of easy ways to use CBD, but there's a lot of more useful ways of using it than too. So uh, I decided that that's what I wanted to, to pursue and uh, made my first product and launched that about a year and a half ago now. That was a topical muscle and joint cream. So it's uh, CBD and a blend of essential oils uh, that's specifically designed for any muscle pain, tightness, uh, nerve damage, nerve pain, arthritis, anything like that. Uh, and I've been growing it ever since then. Yeah, I love it. I When I first met you, I was a big proponent of emu oil or like the blue emu stuff um, or tiger balm. And then through conversations with us of just like realizing what's actually in that stuff, I was like, oh gosh, okay, I don't really want that at all. And your stuff, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, I don't know, you just have to try it to feel, it just, it feels good that you're putting something natural and organic on your body. And it actually, it feels like it has lasting effects beyond just like the moments that it's on your skin. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's what I kind of designed it around was so that I didn't want it to just help with pain right now. It's actually supposed to help with inflammation um, on the more long term. So everything that's in it is not, you know, there's menthol in it to help dull pain right now, but then it's also supposed to start a bunch of anti-inflammatory pathways that'll actually bring white blood cells to the area, clean it up, bring blood to the area, uh, and turn down a little bit of nerve signaling so that you can actually start using your joints again because that's when you're really going to start to um, get a lot of benefit from, and be able to actually heal once you start being able to use something again. So Yeah. When you did you always know that your products were going to have CBD in them or was it like you were seeking something and then happened upon CBD? Yeah, I was it was more of that. I was definitely lo- looking for a CBD product mm-hmm. and yeah, everything that existed was basically beeswax, menthol, and CBD. And I don't like beeswax. It's not really great for your skin. It causes, I don't really get acne, but that always causes acne because it's just gums up your skin. You're so lucky, um, Jeff. 
<laughs> so, and then, yeah, I came up with the first version of it kind of in my kitchen and threw it together and it was terrible, but it got my interest peaked enough to then figure out actually how to make a cosmetic product and manufacturing and all that. What made it terrible? It was not a good consistency. Because ah. um, I just didn't know what I was doing with heating and what all I wanted in there. And it, it turned into a much more complicated product than I originally thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, I'm going to throw this shit together, like maybe make a thousand of them and just see. Which apparently just does not work. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it took a lot of work to actually turn it into a real product, but yeah, then it turned out, I think pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you had gone to school for biomed, had you thought that you were going to be starting your own company? Like what had you originally gone in there? I wanted to make and design, uh, small implants. Ah. So I definitely never considered starting my own business. Interesting. My dad always wanted one of his kids too so it it was kind of nice that they my parents were on board with it right from the get-go my dad was like fuck yeah you're gonna do this like yeah go for it like this is the time you don't have any kids you're in your 20s just make it happen um so i had a lot of support but it definitely was not something i ever planned to do yeah crazy crazy um, so then how did you start to i mean two years in it's been two years yeah, it's been two years now. And you're already, I mean, you have bath bombs, mm-hmm. tinctures. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff you're looking to create. Yeah, there's probably four more products that I want to come out with over the next eight months, maybe a year. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how do you come up with these different products? Like, what, where do your ideas stem from? Because for me, I'm like, whoa, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know where I'd start. It's products that I, it's just things that I would want to use. So the first one, I really just wanted a topical um, for CBD. And so that's the direction I went. I got so many questions about ingestibles that I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to make something. And so that's why the second one came about. And the bath bombs, I love taking baths. Uh, I think they're... There's a ton of benefits to them and using it with like hot and cold therapy uh, for stress and injuries and, and sleep that I thought that was kind of a no-brainer. Um, and then moving forward, it's things that I just am interested in having for myself. And so making them makes it cheaper for me to be able to take those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. You're in your own test market. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because, I mean, Janelle and I, as we have evolved the True North Collective, it's been the same thing. It's like, what what content do we actually want to create? That's usually the stuff that does the best. So, like, when we first started, we were blogging, and, like, we were like, no, we don't really like this. And then we started podcasting, and we were like, we fucking love this. And, like, it's so, you can tell that we enjoy it. So, um, it makes sense to go with that mentality. And then, I don't know, I feel like people are really... And you tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like people want to talk to you about your products and they're like, have opinions and they're like, what about this? And so being able to be open to that conversation probably gives you like permission and confidence for maybe some ideas that you had in the back of your mind. And then you hear people asking about it and you're like, okay, cool. Other people want this too. So yeah, I I never know, like, especially going 
like starting from scratch, I had no idea that I would actually be able to make this into a business. So I think after I made that first product and it started to take off a little bit, after that I was like, well, I can just kind of make whatever I want and people probably like it. Mm -hmm. There's definitely still a question about it, but it's a lot easier now uh, to just say, screw it, I'm just going to... I'm going to make it and hopefully this doesn't tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hope for the best. <laughs> As a business owner then, what keeps you up at night? Because I feel like you have a very relaxed demeanor about it, which is awesome because I, I feel like a lot of business owners maybe don't take that approach and they can definitely burn themselves out and stress themselves out. But it sounds like you, you know, pretty relaxed, but what does actually keep you up at night? What worries you when it comes to your business? A lot of things. Um, I mean, so I just ran out of product for the first time um, a little bit over a month ago. And production for the next batch took an extra month. So for that whole time, I was out of product and not able to fill orders. And I lost customers. And I, you know, as a small business, it's hard to go an entire month without selling any product. Um, So that was a big one. Right now I'm dealing with insurance because with the new products, I'm in a different type of insurance or not different level really um, because they're ingestible products. So that changes a bunch of things. Um, still cash flow because it's a small business and I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to quit my day job and, and turn this into a real thing, which is a pretty big stressor and where to go from here is... The other bit, like, is it best to keep doing what I'm doing and grow small and and, and stay controlled? Or do I try and grow really quickly? Um, are, I mean, those are the things that I wrestle with on a daily basis still. Yeah. Thank you for opening up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm starting heavy-heading questions. <laughs> do you have, I know I've talked to other entrepreneurs who, um, might not have a board of director directors, but like surround themselves with people who have different expertise so that they can feel like they're supplementing what they maybe can't bring to the table. Do you feel like you have a network of people that you can go to or are you still kind of just like figuring it out as you go? I'm still figuring it out. I'm trying, it's, it's a little bit of both. So I'm starting to bring in people. So I have someone that does my social media for me because that's just something I won't do. I have zero interest in it. I don't care what it costs. It, it costs more in my time than it would ever cost in dollars. So I'm fine with that. Um, bring in someone to help with a blog, SEO, uh, any marketing on that side too. I'm bringing someone new on for that. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out the places that I'm lacking, which are those. And then everything else, I, I do have a few mentors that I can go to if I need advice, um, which is hard for me because I'm not good at asking for advice or help. So, um, yeah, it kind of just goes back and forth trying to figure out where my own strengths are in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What gets you to the point where you're like, okay, shit, I have to ask for help now? Nothing has gotten me there so far. <laughs> um, no, it's days where I have no idea what I'm doing or I completely 
lose sight of what the big picture is and I get wrapped up in little problems or potentially big problems that I cannot get out of my way on and they just shut me down sometimes. So I guess there are days like that and that I usually am able to eventually reach out, um, but I'm pretty stubborn, so <laughs> it takes a little bit extra time, but I, there, there's people there whenever I need them. That's pretty normal. I, I think, um, cause I used to run a small business and that was one of my biggest problems just in the first year or so, um, pretty much in, before until we, I hired Rachel. Um, but just feeling like you have no one to talk to and you're so in your head about so many of your own ideas and you're lonely and you've, I've always felt that no one else cared as much as I did. And when I didn't have anyone to bounce ideas off of, it was just like, okay, here's this problem. Like I would always get very stuck. So I can definitely relate with that because I was, it was just me and my ideas. And I'm like, I need someone else to talk, talk this through with or, or just get my ideas out and like have someone repeat back even what I'm saying, because otherwise I would definitely get stuck too. Yeah, that's that's a, a huge issue, and the the problem that I usually end up with people when I try and open up about them is that, you know, most of the time I'm not really looking for advice. Yeah. I just need to unload a little bit. Um, so it it makes it hard to bring all of my problems to to everyone just because you never know how the other person is going to react if the other person knows how to just listen and not give advice. Um, and then with not knowing, um, you know, if anyone else is going to care as much, like that's why I don't have a partner right now is because yeah. I, there's been a couple of people that I've talked to, but at the end of the day, they're not me. And so I don't know what direction they're going to want to go. And, you know, if, if they're going to, have the same issues as me. And so I, that's why I'm still, you know, doing this pretty much solo other than a few people that do uh, contract work for me. Yeah. We even Janelle and I, in the past, like two weeks, we like are, we're very much like yin and yang to each other and we align on so many things, but there are some things as we, as this partnership continues to progress and we become closer and learn more about each other and get more comfortable being totally vulnerable with each other. We had something come up two weeks ago where like Janelle was triggered and then I was triggered and we were like, well, shit, is this going to end this thing? <laughs> like, yeah. Is this going to be over? Or like, is, was that just like a good run? And it does, it takes a lot of like taking space, trusting what you need, being able to share what you need. And, and then an openness of like, like literally I could have said, Hey, this is what I need right now. And Janelle could have been like too fucking bad. Like that's, I'm, I'm going to keep rolling with this, like too bad or vice versa. And so far I, I'm really proud of us because we've given each other the space to work through those emotions without taking it personally. Um, and then come back together and been like, okay, this is what I need. And then she could say, this is what I need. And we could figure out a common ground that could honor both sides, but it takes time. It's not like yeah. it doesn't just happen because you like each other or happen because you are both passionate about the same things. Like I am a human with shit and she's a human with shit and that stuff can get messy in there. So, um, 
Yeah, it's funny. We've how long have we been doing this? Two years? I think it's almost Podcast? the same amount of time. Like just the True North Collective. Oh, I think three. I feel like we should know this by now. I know I think three. <laughs> <laughs> I think three. It was such a random start that I feel yeah. like. But I think it's almost been three. Yeah, but to go this long, I think we had one other tiff. Remember when we did My Body Can? Mm-hmm. I and do. I was like, it's the full moon. We can't launch it. And you're like, I'm fucking launching it. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I'm going on vacation. Um, but then besides that, it's been pretty smooth. And then we had some stuff that we figured out in the last three weeks. But it's been it's good. I feel more solid now having yeah. been able to be honest with each other and figure out, okay, how do we evolve this in a way that allows us both to feel really strong about this business, but it takes, I mean, it takes effort. I've always wondered too, because I mean, I I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things because I don't have a partner, but also I've come so far that at this point to bring on a partner, I would never feel like they were like a 50-50 partner because I've done so much already that to bring someone else on now, I would feel like they're like more of an employee. Like, so I, I don't know if it's you know possible to even do something like that at this point. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, I know you and I have talked a little bit about that of like what would they need to bring to the table to make it feel like a 50-50? Because you're absolutely right. Like Janelle and I started day one together, which would it would be different if we brought in like a third person now. It'd be like no, that's not they're, that. Yeah, no, listen, we know what we're doing. You listen to us. You go back over to your other side of the table. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny. Crazy. Um, What were your back, the back stuff that happened before? Do you care? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah, so I was, I was 21 when I had my first, no, I was 22 when I had my first spinal surgery. I was a mechanic at the time at a Ford dealership and I threw it out hammering an exhaust I think there was an exhaust that was rusted and needed to come out and the only way to get it out was to smash it to pieces and take it out piece by piece and while that happened I my back just went out um so that was the first one the second one I was hit by a car while I was going for a run um in my neighborhood and you know, I already had back issues, uh, so that just made it way worse. And so that was the second one, Jeez. where they I have uh, four herniated discs in my low back from L1 to S1. All of them have some level of degeneration and herniation at this point. And after my motorcycle wreck, luckily I, at that point, I had learned enough that. You don't. No one really needs spinal surgery unless it's you know, an emergency. Uh, you can get better without it, and it's probably a better way because then once you get better, it'll stay better. Um, because once you start cutting, there's really no end to it. So yeah. I'm trying to avoid a third and fourth and and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So the back stuff does still really play a part in everything that you're building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I was telling you that just this week it's it's flared up again and I before coming here I even had to take a bath because I was having a little bit of trouble walking. So it's definitely gonna be something that I just deal with for the rest of my life. But you know, that's a good and bad thing. I'm it's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, but it does 
It does kind of suck. Yeah. Do you feel like people open up to you about their inner injuries because of your products? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. People tell me like, oh, you know, I, I had, a, I have arthritis or I have a knee injury or, or something. And, uh, once you, you let them know that you have injuries, they're just like, oh yeah, me too. Like we're the same. I got you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like that or not? Yeah. I mean, I like hearing people's reactions after they try what I do. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten emails and I've gotten handwritten notes mailed to me and um, texts and and DMs just with people saying like, well, shit, like this is actually changing a lot of things for me. Like I'm able to sleep. I'm not on my arthritis medication anymore. Um, you know, so that always makes it easier to keep going when things get a little bit tough. But so, yeah, it's, it's always good to hear. Yeah. I mean, my lower back pain is gone, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have added in some like more strength training that allows my core to be stronger, but like I don't have just a persistent like aching in my lower back and that's pretty cool. And it's not because I have to use the product every single day. That's what I love. It's like, and that's what I meant at the beginning. It's like, it feels like it almost is still there even when I'm not using it, which is really cool. Yeah. That's. I've never heard it uh, described like that, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense based on how CBD works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you maybe want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. We don't know too much about CBD still. There's the method of action for them. There's a couple of different receptor sites um, in your central nervous system and peripheral nervous system and organs that modulate anywhere from pain signaling to anti-inflammatory responses to uh, cytokine production and uh, degradation. So it's the long story short, we don't really know exactly how it works. We've got a, a rough guess, but because hemp and marijuana have been linked so closely for so long, any research Either one has been illegal. Mm. So we're just now starting to figure out exactly some of the methods of action for uh, hemp especially because now the the U.S. government has opened up funding for it. Uh, And hopefully that'll happen soon with marijuana, but just not quite there yet. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When it comes to the product, I'd be curious, do you give or have any descriptions around when you would use what product like is there a certain ailment where you'd want to consume cbd versus use a bath bomb or do you feel like it's all of it in combination i mean i think combination is definitely the best but there are like if you're having internal issues with digestion or brain fog or anything like that then you would want to go internal Um, And even some of the deeper joint things, so um, hips and sometimes knees, just because the joint is so large, to get it into the system takes a little bit longer. Uh, But they just work a little bit differently, too. Um, Topically, there's a little bit higher bioavailability, but it stays in the area. So you're looking at pain signaling in and out of that one area or you're looking at blood flow to that area 
when you have an internal product like a tincture or a um, a gummy or anything like that, it's going to go through your whole body. It usually gets diluted, so you only get about 20, maybe 30% bioavailability of what you actually take in. Um, and then it has to circulate through your system, and then it's diluted through your whole system. Um, and then there's also the fact that it works so differently on each person. Now, one person can take 10 milligrams and it give them, it'll kind of pep them up and give them a little bit of energy. And 10 milligrams for another person is enough to knock them out. So it's a very complicated picture to try and figure out what the best is for each person. So I just recommend people try different things. There's not one that's, you know, definitely better than the other. Um, you know, for spinal pain, topical has worked really well because it, uh, some of the other things, especially in mine, are designed for pain signaling along the spine. Um, but I mean, you're also going to get some benefit from it orally through that too. So there's not really a right answer on that except self-experimentation on it. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And then I just text you. Yeah. This is what's happening. <laughs> this is what's happening. Is this normal? Yeah. <laughs> now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find I can, like the topical, definitely my pain goes away. The oral, I just feel calmer. Like it's more of like an anxiety thing for me. But like I would say just before this, I did some um, oral and I was having like a hip thing and I don't, my hip feels better actually. And it's been, I don't know, an hour since we've been sitting here. Um, the bath bombs hit me. So like I have to use them sparingly. Yeah, the bath bombs are strong. I didn't, <laughs> they're really strong. I didn't realize how strong they were going to be when I first made them. Uh, they're 100 and 200 milligrams, which is quite a bit. Uh, so in the, the topical that I make is 300 milligrams in the entire thing. And that's about 60 uses. So this is 200 or 100 milligrams in a single use. Um, and you're in a bath that is going to be hot. So it's going to absorb really well and go through your system. So it is, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. But it, it's not, it's a nice. No, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> I um, say, what do you mean when you say it hits you, Rachel? Like, what is your reaction? I was just, I was so calm. It like reminded me of mm. being on muscle relaxers. I was just like, mm. I was just happy and just chill, like super calm. Yeah. So Interesting. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I've been saving the 200 one. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should chop it up into thirds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's really awesome. I love it. So everyone at Ragnar was like, send us the, send us your information. Cause they all want to try it. So, um, did, yeah. did you do the i at Ragnar? Yeah, I did. I was just about to bring that up. Oh, yeah, yeah we bring consumed it up. one. Um, Cause I was, did you tell Jeff at all uh-uh. about it? No, I was waiting for this. Okay. Well, I feel like I, I only had one, but at Ragnar, there was a company there that was selling recovery drinks that had CBD in it, which they, well, they say hemp because apparently it's not good to call things CBD sometimes. I don't know. We maybe a whole nother conversation, but essentially it had CBD in it and it was supposed to help your body better recover and reduce inflammation, which is interesting because I also was not very, I was sore a little bit the next day, but this is the best my body's actually felt. I know. After Ragnar. Yes. So they were selling it as, I don't remember how much it was, but I'll send you, it's I-Core, I-K-O-R. And it had turmeric, G, 
ginger, cherry flavoring. Oh, cherry like tart. tart cherry. Oh, cherry, yeah. And then mm-hmm. hemp, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> they were selling it. So it was, you would take however much it was. It was just like a little shot mm-hmm. of it right after your big run. And so I did all three after each run. It definitely helped. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are all pretty strong anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. I mean, dark cherry, ginger, mm-hmm. um, turmeric, they're all really strong. So, I mean, it would definitely help. I'm thinking about doing something like that, but when we're talking about internal products, like prepackaged like that, it's, it's a very complicated yeah. thing to Especially do. Especially with juices, out. too. Like, yeah. for anything that's like perishable. Yeah. And if you're putting something that's expensive, like CBD in there. Yeah. And it's perishable where you're probably going to have to throw out some of the product. Yeah. That kind of hurts. Yeah. It was really good. They, it was cold. And it was just like... Was it just like a little glass container? You just take it was a little, a little plastic one. I was going to bring one back with me, but I was afraid that I was going to get sniffed out at the border or something. <laughs> That's fair. But you can... We can... We'll find it on yeah. the Instagrams. Um, but it was really... Is, yeah, it was nice. Is there an issue with CBD and selling it in Texas? Or... Yes and no. Um, okay. There's no problem with CBD by itself. Okay. It's the THC that's the problem. Okay. So if anything in the U.S. is illegal, if it has less than 3% uh, THC in it, gotcha. by total volume. But what they're doing is they're testing, they're do- using these field testing kits to see if there's any, any THC in it. And if they see any THC in it, they're just assuming that there's a lot of THC in it. And they're calling it a felony. So that's what happened at the airport um, with a 70-something-year-old lady that mm-hmm. got arrested and um, booked and everything. And I think that there was such a backlash to it that they ended up dropping the charges. But, yeah, she was trying to leave from DFW Airport and um, <laughs> ended up arrested just for having a CBD that had a little bit of THC in it. Um, I heard that in some, like, I don't know where, maybe it's like in Dallas proper, you can be like, you can have it on you, but anywhere else you can't even have any. It's Fort Worth. That's the problem right now. Okay. So Fort Worth, the DA for Fort Worth has come out and said that any CBD product, we're going to label a misdemeanor and we're going to charge you for it. If it has any THC in it, we're charging you with a felony. I think he's the only one, like uh, for like all of Texas, but it does it scares a lot of people off. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why everything that I make has zero THC because I didn't want to have issues like that. I still have issues because I actually say that I have CBD in my product, but that's a whole nother <laughs> issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And tell, talk to us a little bit about how that works with even like, I know we were talking about PayPal having like weirdnesses and banks Mm -hmm. and like people just being unsure. And so therefore you now have all these extra hurdles to your business because of that. Yeah. uh, I worked with PayPal. They were how I um, did all my payment processing through my website for an entire year. And then they shut me down. And unfortunately, they shut me down the same time that Elevon, which is a huge payment processor, was bought by U.S. Bank. And U.S. Bank has a standing order that they're not supportive of any hemp or marijuana products. Mm -hmm. So they cut all uh, payment processing on Elevon, which did probably 75% of all 
payment processing for any CBD products on the web. So now I have to, whenever I get an order, I have to leave my website and send a separate um, invoice to an email uh, that's just a bunch of extra steps and I've lost probably quite a bit of business because people are like, well, the fuck, I just want to check out. Like, yeah. there's no button to check out. It's a, it's like a couple of steps. And so, it, but that is the way of the world for now, unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of CBD companies are having that issue because once Elevon backed out and all of these uh, CBD companies got dropped, they all went scrambling for new payment processors. And all the payment processors were like, Oh, everyone needs us now. If you don't do $100,000 uh, um, a month in sales, we're not going to support you anymore. So just everyone got screwed by it. Yeah. So, How do you stay motivated? I know. That's what I was going to say. They're afraid. It's, it's fear of people thinking it's too much like marijuana. I mean, hemp is legal in the U.S. now, but... There's, it's still illegal for any bank to have any ties to marijuana. So they, are, they just get scared off by that. Yeah. Um, How do you stay motivated to keep doing it? Like what keeps you showing up when there keeps being more hurdles? I've got product to sell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because I feel like I've put so much into this that I'm not going to let hurdles like that completely stop it um you know this is what i want to do and i'm gonna figure out a way to make it work yeah if you weren't doing this what would you be doing do you think oh i have no idea yeah you you're so into it i mean this is so you yeah. like i can't imagine you doing anything else i don't know yeah i mean i've been at i worked at lululemon for five years so mm-hmm. i could possibly be doing that yeah um but I've also done everything else. You know, I worked at Whole Foods. I was their grill master. I was a mechanic. I was in school for biomedical engineering. So I, I tend to bounce around to random things. Yeah, yeah. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Like if we were talking to six-year-old Jeff and we're like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? What would you, what would you have said? Probably carpenter. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do something with my hands growing up. Like I had a, a big plastic um, workbench with all the tools and everything that I would play with every day. Mm. I would build forts around it. I would sleep next to it. That's what I wanted to do, uh, which is probably why I ended up being a mechanic um, until that was no longer an option. Yeah. But you're still building stuff. Yeah, just in different ways ways now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talk to us about how you understand the makeup of the products and like how do you know which cbd sources to use and all that like i would be like i don't even know where to start yeah it was a lot of learning right off the bat so cbd there's i think there's five really big cbd manufacturers in the u.s right now Um, any of them are reputable they're all doing fairly similar things at this point. So you can source CBD from any of them. And that's what I did. And then for everything else, it was, and it was trial and error from finding, like for EMB, 
which is the topical product, like finding everything that's going to be in there was just six or eight months of research on different botanicals and like even the butter that's in there. It's, it's called Kupasu. It's from the Brazilian rainforest. Uh, it's a, a nut that, that they extract the butter from and no one else uses it, but it has a really good uh, amino acid profile, like a fatty acid profile that makes everything else more bioavailable. So it was just, just research and wanting to dig into that part of it. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's again, similar to with the podcasting, like when we first started, if you have a passion for, for it and an interest, you kind of take the time to dig yeah. in and you figure get out the information. Yeah, exactly. And then optimize or shift gears or whatever. Yeah. So. Make lots of mistakes, waste a bunch of money and, <laughs> and you'll learn it. What would you tell yourself, um, before, if you could go back and tell yourself something before you started this, what would you tell yourself? Probably to find a partner. <laughs> yeah. Um, that everything is going to be so much more expensive. It's going to take so much longer. And it's going to be so much harder than you think. <laughs> but yeah, I still haven't gotten to the point where it's really completely worth it. So maybe if I could answer that in a couple of years yeah. when this is where I'd maybe feel like this is actually working really well it's so funny because from the outside in it's just like i'm just in awe of like what you're doing and i like how quickly you can come up with like a product line extension and just go for it and try it and put it out there and i just i think it's it's so inspiring to me like there are times when i think what the fuck am i doing and then i'm like no, like, look at Jeff. It's like came up this thing out of nowhere. Like, this is so cool. And so, and I guess I know that that's like, there's a um, gif that I saw on or gif, whatever they freaking call it. Don't you say days. gif. It's a gif. Yeah, I know it's jeff. a gif, right? It's a gif. Okay, okay, gosh. Gif is peanut butter. I made fun of all the time. Okay, so a gif. And on the top, it's like first, second, and third place. And then underneath it, it's like sweat, blood, tears, like all the stuff that comes into it. So obviously, I would know that it would, there'd be a lot more below the surface, but you really um, present, like the brand presents itself. So it, it is very put together. It is very professional. It's very trustworthy. Like I fully believe in you and like what you say. And that's why I keep coming to you and being like, what's the next thing? And what, how do I try that? And what does this mean? Um, which is really cool. And you give the time to people to actually talk them through it so that they feel like they're, they have their own choice and they feel comfortable and you're not trying to like shove anything down anyone's throat. You're just like, this is what I know. Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you are still here, even though it's been more difficult <laughs> to, to get here. I really appreciate it. I don't, it's something I definitely don't realize. I, I always forget how far I've come in doing this. Uh, like it, if I knew everything that I know now, a year and a half ago, I probably would have saved a ton of money mm -hmm. on you know, how to actually properly do things. But I do forget a lot of the times that, that this is a very long process and I've come a long way from 
throwing something together in my kitchen compared to now I have my manufacturers and I, you know, help with sourcing everything and, and all that. So it is, it is nice to hear because mm-hmm. I do forget that all the time. Yeah. Well, even the other, I, I don't know, maybe it was like two months ago, um, I was asking you like, I don't remember what the question was, but you're like, I get a lot of information from their scientists that are on podcasts that are like giving this information of like research that's out there and I'm consuming it. And then I was like, well, if they know all these benefits, why aren't other people creating products? Like if it's this obvious and you were like, because it's really fucking hard. Yeah, because it sucks. (laughs) Creating new products is horrible. Any manufacturing is just... Man, I never knew how bad it was until I started doing it. Like my manufacturer being probably several months late on this last batch, like it's kind of par for the course. Like mm. I'm not a big enough company to have any weight to be like, hey, like listen up, motherfucker. Yeah. I want <laughs> you agreed to this, so make it happen. Like I don't mean anything to them. I'm, you know, so. You just have to keep trudging through those things. And that's that's why I think more people don't do this. And then the ones that do just end up white labeling their products. So they yep. pull from someone else's manufacturing line and throw their own label on it and call it a day. Uh, I'm not against that. Um, as long as those products are truly the best that you can do. It's just for the most part, those that's not how those things are. Yeah, You can do better. Yeah. And you could do it cheaper than what they're doing for you. Um, I doubled my margins because I make my own product compared to white labeling. So there's there's reasons to do it, but it's fucking hard. Yeah. What's your furthest distribution reach? Um, Arizona, Hawaii. Oh, this Hawaii. Mm. Hawaii would be it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massage therapist in Hawaii that uses it yeah. for their clients. Yeah. So when you're dealing with all of these issues and these barriers and you're like, motherfuckers, how do you keep yourself sane? Like, how do you keep yourself just level headed? And like, I I feel like I know myself and I would be infuriated all the time. Like, I would just be fucking sick. Okay, don't be wrong. I am absolutely, (laughs) when I was running into these issues with um, production, like that's probably why I have back issues right now is because I was so stressed. I wasn't oh. sleeping much. Um, I think what allowed me to get through it is I have some people that I'm close to that helped me out. And then I spend way too much time in the gym. <laughs> so if you, you, know, you have that and you spend three hours in the gym every day, you can, you can usually tire yourself out where you can um, make it through. I remember we'd be working together and we'd like close. It'd be 10 o'clock and I'd be like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to bed. And Jeff would be like, I'm going to go work out. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's happened multiple times. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm I'm like a sucker for pretty much any health food, specifically liquids. I'm like, someone said it's healthy. I'll consume it. But um, actually like truly understanding, like how do you know when it works as a consumer? Even because you've been mentioning like chronic pain and things like that. But so, for example, there's a product. I think it's is it GTS that does the kombucha? Rachel, you would know this too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. GTS, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, they also have like a, a CBD drink now too. Mm-hmm. And I'll get it every once in a while. But honestly, I'm like, I don't. What is it doing for me? I don't know. Like, I, I'm just going to try it and see. 
So I feel like a lot with CBD, even as like a consumer, I guess I'm just asking myself, I'm like, how do I, what should I be experiencing, if anything? Like, should I be able to tell a difference? Is it just because this is kind of someone saying, ooh, CBD, but there's not actually that much in it, and I'm just paying a ridiculous amount of money for something? Um, so like even being a consumer, I guess my question um, in a roundabout way is like, how do you get smart about the products you're purchasing and like making sure that it's actually worth the money? Well, the easiest way to make sure that it's worth it is if they're providing third-party testing results. Um, there's no regulation on it right now. People can say whatever the hell they want. I could say it has a million milligrams of CBD in it, but I mean, no one would believe me, but I, I could say it. Um, yeah. So that third-party testing where you actually take your product and send it to a lab and they analyze exactly how much is in it, um, short of that, there's no way of knowing that you're getting what you pay for. And as far as not knowing what you're supposed to feel on it, CBD is really interesting in that it works in a couple different ways. When you take a low dose of it, it's not about feeling anything. It's about lack of feeling certain things. So it's lack of feeling as tired. It's lack of feeling maybe a little bit of, of pain that you were feeling before that you have had so long that you didn't even realize. So if, it go, if that pain goes missing, it's not really something you're going to notice. Um, or the stress that you're feeling or any like muscle tension that you're holding. Those aren't things that people notice. And once they're not there, you don't really notice either. Um, but usually it, it does help. So it's it, it's more subtle than that. And then once you get up to high amounts, you will definitely feel it. Um, and so at high amounts, like you're definitely like if you're taking a lot of it and you're not feeling like a little bit tired, a little bit more relaxed, um, just throughout the whole body and everything, then it's probably not a great product. Okay. So that's good to know because I'm sure that what I've been consuming is very like low, low dosage, um, an amount. But yeah, sometimes it's I guess it's true. Like if it is that subtle, it's also as a consumer, like are you tuning into your body um, enough to be able to notice? Yeah, and and everyone is so different in in how much will affect them that you know you never know if five usually those if there's a drink or something it'll have something like five or eight milligrams in it really that's a very small amount um i say a low dose is like 16 milligrams so more than double that is what mm-hmm. i would consider a low dose um so it's it's hard to when you're making products like that it's hard to narrow down how much you should actually have in there to make people notice it and make people believe that it's worth what it is well and then yeah we were talking about on his tinctures, he has um, like the different amounts that do different things. And I was like, okay, what about I'm a little person and Jeff is a big person. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same, you know? And so even that it's like having the ranges on there and then playing with it. Yeah. It's a lot of experimentation that that just, there's no getting around it. Um, I mean, you can take as much as you want and, but it's good to, to try and dial it in a little bit so that you aren't wasting your money and you're actually getting benefit from it. So are brands putting the third-party testing on their sites then? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're usually available. Uh, Some of them even put little stickers, um, like one of those QR codes, where you can scan it and it'll pull up from uh, their product. It'll pull up the website 
yeah. on your phone of their third-party testing. Can you fake that stuff? Probably. Because <laughs> I know for myself, could. like, I'd be like, oh, that looks legit. Like, okay. Yeah. You, you probably could. Um, but yeah, honestly, with Photoshop, you can do yeah, anything. So, yes. So, at this point, until there's, like, a regulatory body that's... Right. So, you know. hopefully, I mean, the FDA is right now who's in charge of it. They have been dragging their feet on any sort of regulation on it mm-hmm. um, because that's what they do. And so for you, though, you're used to looking at those things so you can tell. And so then... I, I could mean, probably... I mean, if someone photoshopped something well enough, I wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, that's crazy. But I you mean, can tell by using it yourself. Yeah. I mean, if, I, if it was like a tincture or something, mm-hmm. then I could definitely tell. Yeah. Uh, the topicals would be hard. Mm-hmm. That's what happened early on with CBD. What's why it got such a bad name because, man, so many people, the market just got flooded off the bat with bad products and people wanting to buy cheap things because it was something new. And unfortunately, you really, CBD is not cheap. I, I don't get to buy it cheap either. It's just, it is expensive. The CBD that's in my products it's on average more expensive than everything that's else that's in it, getting it made, getting it packaged, um, and doing all the branding work for it. The CBD in it alone is more expensive than all of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you just, and something like that, you just have to bite the bullet and pay what, pay what people ask. Mm-hmm. It is weird though, because it's like, there's so many other products that are, like I'm trying to think even kombuchas like I'm I mean I'm never looking it's just like you hear that it's great you hear from somebody that they prefer this one so you just drink that one and you don't really know if it's doing anything like okay this one made me shit more than that one like I don't know you know what I mean it's just like it's there's a lot of in the wellness world it is just a really interesting industry just at large I mean, same with, we were talking with Chelsea on here about meditation. It's the same thing. It's like people go to one meditation class and then they think that they can teach meditation. And yes, you maybe can hold a space, but are you actually teaching it? Do you know what that means? Do you know the traditions? Does it matter? Like, so there's, there's just like a lot, it's a really hairy area, the, the wellness industry. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily new to CBD. What is new though, is just the um aversion due to its connection to thc and yeah. like the uncertainty Marijuana, there and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. which so, is yeah. which is killer because yeah. i mean you also have to do third-party testing for that because a lot of cbd again early on came from europe and china which they don't have problems with having thc mm. so it would come over and it would have double triple the amount of thc that's legal in the u.s so you could get a product that you're, I mean, you would have no idea, but if someone, if anyone tests it, it's it's a felony to have. Yeah. Um, right now, some of the best hemp in the world comes from the U.S. And now that we're starting to be able to make more and more of it, hopefully the price will start coming down. But um, yeah, that's a, that was another hurdle, and that's again why third-party testing is absolutely necessary because. You never know. It's a bottle. There's no way to know what's in it yeah. unless someone actually tests it. Yeah. So, What I loved about our conversations on this was that the way CBD works is that it 
um, enhances your body's ability to function properly mm-hmm. versus um, uh, like being the stopgap. Like it, it's instead of, it, it's almost like it's empowering your body to do what it can already do versus coming in and doing the job for it, which then, so like for me, I take a Synthroid medication because the radiation killed my thyroid. And a lot, like lately, I've been thinking to myself, okay, should I really be taking this steroid that is doing the job for my thyroid versus is there some way that I could be doing something that allows my thyroid to be able to be, I'm using empowered because I can't think of another word, but be, you know, be able to do what it does more than just kind of sitting back and being like, oh, the synthroid's got this, so I can just kick back and grow old. Um, and so that's what I, I really loved that story behind the CBD. And um, I don't know, just the empowering aspect is what I do with coaching too, which is probably why it spoke to me. But I just, I think it's cool to be having products and things coming into our experiences that allow our bodies to function the way they were supposed to function versus trying to just overcome or be that stopgap or allow your body to just be flailing and fill in. So yeah, I think that's important with like trying to get people off pain medication, especially. So instead of just being just masking the pain, you're trying to fix the pain and you know, that's a much bigger problem because people just don't know how to use their own bodies anymore, unfortunately. Um, but getting them away from like a pain medication that's doling everything and onto something that can help with pain and then still let you live your life, I think is pretty important. Yeah, totally. What do you do for fun? Uh, I'm usually, the gym would be what I do for fun. <laughs> um yeah, because it's so different from anything that I've done in the past. Uh, you know a little bit about what I do, but it's it's a lot of... I, I was doing competitive CrossFit, and pro- I probably didn't help with my back, actually, at the time. Because between my two surgeries, I was doing competitive CrossFit. But, um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible idea, and it yeah. probably made things worse in between. But So now what I do is mostly... It's a mix of like gymnastics with body weight training. So it's a lot of handstands and like my favorite is getting on the gymnastics rings and then crawling and tumbling and and just it's, a weird mix of a bunch of different things. So that's it's move mat, right? Rachel yeah, said you're kind of like that. Yeah. Or is it different than that? It's like that, but we do okay. we do more strength stuff than they do too. Um, okay. And we do more purposeful locomotion so they're just trying to like move through space and ours would be to do not not really tricks but i guess you would like some sometimes you do like cartwheels and flips and and getting up and down in different weird ways and crawling in almost specific patterns yeah um what's the name of the gym the movement standard yeah 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 yeah. so you're doing visit we're gonna do it Oh yeah, but okay. So wait, you have like three back surgeries and you're doing flips. Is that what I'm hearing? I only had two back surgeries. <laughs> okay, two. <laughs> but yes, Sorry, two back surgeries, three back injuries, and you're doing flips. Yes. Entity Labs. Yeah. This... Welcome, yeah. Entity Labs. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I heard that right. <laughs> 
Janelle, okay. se- seriously, you would I like I follow them on Instagram and you would lose your shit. She wants to be on um, American Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah. All right, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I, I think I'm way too big for that, but I would. I mean, I have some friends that could probably do that that I train with there. Because um, in, in those ones, I think it helps to be a little bit lighter. Probably. But I have, like, really long, lanky arms. And I think that would serve me. I Janelle, can't be a swimmer, Rachel, but I can hang from things. Janelle, what, uh, did you do 23andMe? Is that the thing you did? Or was I it did thing? do 23andMe. Yeah. You're correct. And it told you that you were supposed to be an American Ninja Warrior, didn't it? Um, it told specific? me, <laughs> 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 like your destiny is to be in this TV show. Um, your ancestors mean this many years ago. Yeah. Uh, no, it told me, what did it tell me? That I have the stature of a like power lifter. It was like, you suck at cardio, lift weights. Pretty much that's what it said. I have that, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, don't try to run. You, know, you won't succeed. And like, Yet you have like, been. I say, like, fuck you, 23andMe. I just ran a Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> well, sick and hooking up oh, yeah. mucus. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah that information's good to know, but <laughs> I mean, it only goes so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is very true. You can, you can do whatever you want in life. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> Go, Chanel. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. I feel so inspired now. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. It's one of my, my best ones. <laughs> I haven't seen that on a poster anywhere, have no, you? No, never. It's brilliant. <laughs> you heard it here. I invented it. Oh, so sorry. what um, do you think you're going to stay in Dallas? I think for the time being, I'm going to be in Dallas. I'm the only cbd company like my like what i'm doing here in town and it's a amazing place to start a business um if i was in austin i would have a much harder time because there's probably 30 or 40 cbd companies but being the only one here and dallas being such a massive market i'll be here for at least a couple more years getting this thing off the ground yeah yeah um do you pay attention to what competitors are doing? I try not to. So yes, in it's more trying to keep up with the marketing because everything keeps changing on who's allowing what on what platform. So like Instagram, if it was anything to do with hemp, they wouldn't they wouldn't let you put it as an ad. Oh, really? Yeah. Even now, you're allowed to say hemp, you're not allowed to say CBD. Um, so it's, it's making sure I'm not falling behind there and figuring out what those rules are as they change. Um, and then it's, it's not bad to know, you know, price points and, and trying to stay on par. I try and price everything lower than anyone else just because I make my own products so I can do that without really worrying about margins too much. Um, but as far as new products... No, I, I I think I've got a pretty good idea of the products that I want to make. It's just having the money and being, being able to actually execute that is what I'm really waiting on. So I probably have 20 products that I have written down and designed that are ready to go if I could afford to do them. So, yeah. Yeah. 
what would you, somebody who is thinking about starting their own business product-wise, like an actual tangible product, um, what would you say to them? What advice would you have for them? I think I did a really good job finding manufacturers in town. So all of my manufacturers are in Dallas, which has been very helpful, especially when they don't hold up their end of the deal because I can email them and be like, hey, I'll be at your office in 20 minutes. Have something ready for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, I mean, not that you want to nag them, but you you have to stay on top of them. They don't care about you, really. As bad as that is to say, like, you're the only one that cares about your product as much as you can. So um, I think keeping it as close as possible, even if it means paying a little bit more, to make sure that, especially off the bat, that you know, you can be in control of that kind of thing. The second is that it's going to cost a lot of money. Be ready to put in money. I got lucky that, not lucky, but my motorcycle wreck, I got enough money to start this. Mm-hmm. Without that, I would have never been able to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, so money up front is very important. So yeah. those are the two things. Yeah, totally. I've talked to a lot of people about doing work that is your passion and how that overlap can be really tricky because all of a sudden the really shitty part about the work can make the thing you're passionate about really shitty. Um, Have you experienced that? I mean, yes, because there's so many bad parts of parts that I just don't care about that end up taking the most amount of time. So right now I'm dealing with um, a big marketing push. I couldn't give a shit about marketing. It means nothing to me. I like making products, uh, making sure that I'm making the best product possible. That's what I care about. Anything else is more of an annoyance, but designing products doesn't take that long, unfortunately. Um, And that's when I was a mechanic, that's what happened. I loved working on cars. I built a car. I built another one while I was a mechanic. Um, But... I think it's pretty easy to lose that passion because the part that you like is not the biggest part of it usually. Yeah, yeah. I've found with coaching, Janelle and I have had this conversation where it's like, I just, I want to do the coaching. I don't want to have to do the parts that like grow, actually grow the business. Not because I can't. I mean, I spent many years in advertising, but I just, it's not where my heart is. And so she's been like, well, I'm right here. You, you can hire me whenever you want. <laughs> so, like at a certain, yeah, at a certain point, I that is what I'll do. Right now, I'm getting enough word of mouth that it's just like I'm growing. I'm trying to grow gradually so that I can like transition into doing it more often. And um, and at a certain point, I will need to bring somebody in. But it's it is an interesting. Um, what's that book that you read, Janelle? Where it was. <laughs> The E-Myth Revisited, my favorite book. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah, I read that right before I launched my first product, actually. Mm -hmm. I went up to Seattle for a week, and that's the book that I brought with me. It's so funny. It's a good book to read as a small business owner because it's exactly what you're saying. Like You like being the technician, but you don't want to be the manager. You don't want to be the the person that's dealing with the marketing and all this business. Well, I like the business BS, but (laughs) in other people's opinion, this business BS and... It, that's where you spend most of your time. Like when you decide to start a business, you're going to spend most of your time running the business, not 
doing that technical skill that you love, which a lot of people don't have that insight before they start. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I, it's one thing to know something and it's another thing to experience it and Mm -hmm. understand it. Um, I don't think you can really understand anything until you've actually been doing it for long enough. So yeah. I mean, even hearing that before, I would have been like, yeah, like whatever, I can fucking do it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I got this. Now, yeah. now, like actually understanding that, it's like, all right, this is way different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that that's, I mean, that when I said I was missing a partner, like that's yeah. kind of the thing, like, because right now with being down for a month in sales, like I'm still scrambling to try and make up and to like really make this year what... I originally planned it to be um, financially, um, but it, I mean that's the problem that I'm having is that I don't care about it anymore. That because of that, like I lose the drive to keep doing it because it just it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of resilience yeah. there. So yeah. I mean, yeah, because there's definitely days where I just. I sit down and I'm like, man, fuck this. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, this is a lot more draining than I originally thought it could be. But then there's good days, so. (laughs) (laughs) We had my brother on here and him and his girlfriend have a, well, actually they're straying away from it, but they had a consultancy um, business where they built tech. And, um, my brother used to talk about that all the time. Like when I can't muster up the courage to like get up and start doing code, Mallory can kind of step in and be like the voice or like the passion and vice versa. Like they can kind of pull each other through and when shit does get bad, they can kind of hold each other up a little bit um, and not have to carry all the weight of all of the ups and all the downs. So yeah, it matters. When I, the first year of opening up the fitness studio, I used to wake up some days and I would, I would throw like a tantrum. Like I was five years old. Like I would just cry and cry and cry. And I was like, I just don't like, I wouldn't even want to be awake. Like I just couldn't handle it. That's how overwhelming it was. And yeah, to have someone, it's like hard when you don't have anyone. Cause I'm like, I don't have anyone else to talk to about it, but you're like, shit, like things are happening. Like I have to show up for people. So Janelle, I it, remember Oh, yeah. you. I mean, you saw me probably. I was pretty broken when pretty I hired broken. you. I well, know. that's because, I mean, and that's the thing, though, because there's, there's something about a partner and an employee. Like, it's hard to find good employees that are going to be that dedicated, whereas, you know, a partner, they're kind of stuck in it with you, but employees, like, they just, they leave. Like, you put all this time in them. You invest in them. Like, you want them to be as committed, and obviously, there's more to it. Like, I didn't have the ability ability to financially provide for the person that was working for me because of other reasons, but, um, to make it like really lucrative, but like you put all that effort in and you finally get someone who can, can do what you need them to do. And then they go and you're just like, mother, like, and then you're back by yourself and you're like, now I have to start all over again. So yeah, when I hired you at that point, I was like, man, I need to find someone that's solid. And if they're not solid, then it's not even worth my time to like invest in that person. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you have any questions for us, Jeff? You don't have to. I don't don't. think so. I have one more. How do you live your true north? I don't know, because every time I think that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, um, something major shifts in my life. 
and it forces me to do something else. Mm. So I think constantly, so I guess my answer would be constantly being open to the things that you, I mean, letting things that you don't control push you into new directions and I mean, you're always going to go against it, but eventually you just have to give into it. I mean, I've had, you know, from going from college right out of high school and that not working because I just wasn't ready for it to being a mechanic to, all right, well, I have to have spinal surgery, so I can't do this anymore to not knowing what I was going to do to going and picking a ridiculous degree. Um... And then, because each one of those things becomes your identity. And so being open to just changing what your identity really is yeah. when, when you have to. Yeah, I hear riding the wave of life and like agility. And probably I would throw resilience in there. Yeah. <laughs> I've awesome. made it this far. You have. You've been through a lot. So, yeah, I think that's... That, that would be it. I mean, there's not, there might be one path, but it's not a straight path. So even if, if this fails, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I guess I'll figure it out yeah. as it comes. Well, there's a lot of trust in that. Like trust in the things that happen, even the stuff that doesn't feel good in the moment is actually the stuff that's guided you to exactly where you're supposed to go. So that's actually really cool that that's the lesson you have taken away from all of these things that probably could have broken a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I I don't know how I made it through a lot of, especially the most, the the motorcycle wreck, man, that could have, that, it did take me to a really dark place for a while because of all of the the brain injury, especially. Um, But, Having people around you that'll help get you through some of those tough times and then just figuring it out from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear in what you're saying too, like an allowance to be where you're, like to be in the dark times and to know that it's okay. I think for me, my recovery from cancer took, I don't want to say so long, like it took as long as it was supposed to, but I felt like I wasn't, I shouldn't be in that spot. And so I would stop myself from going there. Whereas I hear you kind of just being with what is and then allowing that to get you to where you're going, which um, is is a beautiful lesson to hear. Because again, I think it's very easy to hear motorcycle accident, cancer, like there's these big things and it can be like, ah, and like really want to reject it. And knowing that by stepping into it, there could be something in there for you if you allow yourself to go there. Yeah. And I hear you doing that. Yeah, but I think it's a lot retrospective too. Because at the time, I did feel very the same. Like, why, why is all this shit happening right. to me? Like, I, you know, and then feeling bad about being in such a depressed state. But... So I think a lot of it comes from distance from it and having enough experiences like that where you you learn that you have to just keep going through them. Mm-hmm. And even if you're broken for a little bit, like you just kind of keep moving. Yeah. Eventually you won't be. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate you opening up and sharing that vulnerability because I know everybody, everybody is going through something like that. And to hear that, like, it's okay to be broken and not from like a rah-rah place, but like from a really grounded place of we're all going to end up there at some points. And at a certain point in that process, when you allow yourself to be there, you'll know when it's time to keep going. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. 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 That was really cool. I feel like there's a lot of, you, you've tackled your life, at least from just this brief conversation in a way that I think a lot of people take many, many more years to figure out. I agree. I think I just squished them all and do a lot of bad things <laughs> in a short amount of time. Yeah. And that's where, cause that's where all the learning happens. So yeah. Yeah. I, guess I lucked out in that <laughs> a lot of learning that's yeah anything that sucks like you're learning though right yeah no because <laughs> big things don't happen when everything's okay it's true that's true very true that's really true we just said the same thing three times I know <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, if true. somebody wants to get in touch with you reach out what's the best way to do that uh, entitymusclebomb.com is right now the website um, it'll It'll always have a link to that. Uh, it's that's going to change soon to Entity Labs, but Entity Muscle Bomb will always work. Uh, Instagram, Jeff Beatty. Uh, that's about it, though. I think. Very yeah. cool. We'll put it all in the show notes too. Cool. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you, Jeff. It's a lot of fun. I could listen to your voice all day. I know. So I was going to tell. This is silly, but Rachel knows this. Everyone knows this. I'm obsessed with the Bachelor franchise. And you sound like one of the guys from The Bachelor. Your voice does. Which Minus, one? he has an accent. He has a like a New York accent, but which one? Um, Jason from Becca's season. It's not one of the ones that you probably watched. No, I have no idea. But do you want to know something? Um, Aaron yeah. Rogers, Rogers' brother, brother came into our Fletcher. came into our store today. <gasps> what he's dating Jojo Fletcher? <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> Yeah, he was he was like he was acting as if people were staring at him, which was kind of obnoxious. I just uh, wanted to be like, "Who are you?" or something, but then I was like, "Then I'm going to give him attention," so I didn't. I would have no idea. Yeah. I, mean, I would have just. I mean, he looks like Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people look like Aaron yeah, Rodgers. That's true. That is. Yeah, true. He, he was on The Bachelor. Well, The Bachelorette technically, and he yeah. won. He did. I didn't know that. Yeah, he got the girl. He's still engaged to her. Oh. Yeah, they live around here. Apparently, apparently they come to the store all the time. <laughs> All the time. From Texas. Yeah. Dude, Rachel, figure out who they are and get a selfie and then send it to me. (laughs) No, that sounds horrible. (laughs) Rachel, don't do that. I don't be your friend anymore. I'll have somebody else do it for you. (laughs) Yeah, we get we get celebrity athletes in there and stuff, and it's always so painful to watch people just like bother them. It's like, oh gosh. It's Ever since I started working there, I'm just like, I, my heart goes out to, I mean, obviously they choose, they choose these professions and some people probably like it, but I don't know. Some of the, some of the people that come in, I feel like they really don't like it. So I don't know. Yeah. It probably depends on who, who, how famous you are though, because I'm kind of, I'm that asshole. Like you've probably heard this story, but I was in the Phoenix airport. Have I told you the story? I don't know. Say it. I'll just go for it. When I was in the Phoenix airport and I was like leaving my plane and I see two people from The Bachelor and I walk past them and I'm like, holy crap, that was Ari and Lauren from The Bachelor. And I was oh, I like, know that. Yeah. So I'm like, this is weird. And then I go to my gate and I'm like, no, 
I need freaking proof that I just saw them at the airport. So then me being creepy as hell, I like go back to where I saw them walking. I see them having lunch somewhere. Oh my gosh. And then I was like, oh, they're not doing anything. And then I asked them for a picture and they're super nice about it. And I think they liked it because they're not that. Yeah. Like no one knew who they were. It's not like people were surrounding them. Yeah, I would have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, hi, I'm sorry to bother you, but huge fan. Can I get a picture? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, ever since anyway. I became friends with Janelle, now I watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I'm so, you're slowly making me just like such a gross TV watcher, Janelle. It's such a weird concept to me that I can't even get over it. <laughs> no. Like, someone no, explained it to me like you're going in and everyone is agreeing to sleep with the same person. <laughs> yep. They don't like, necessarily right sleep off, with they them. They don't all sleep with them right off the bat, but they're all agreeing to it right off uh. the bat. Uh-huh. And like to let them be like, hey, we're going to hook up and then I want you to meet my family right after. And then you might not choose me. And all the other families know that this is happening too. Like, just... You know, it's a really cool social experiment <laughs> that you true. don't get to see it's in something. real life. Like, my favorite yeah. though, Chris Harrison, man. He, I just love that guy. No, he's I, the best. He's the, the, the okay. MC. The host? The host. So, Jeff, you have a homework assignment from this podcast. (laughs) Your homework assignment is to start to watch the current season of The Bachelorette. Probably find some friends to watch it with. I don't know if you drink, but probably drink some booze uh, before you get started. And I think you will have a whole new outlook on life. There's like a whole thing of like dudes that like get together and Wait, watch seriously it. i've yes. never heard that. i've yes. heard a bunch of girls a doing it no. but i've never it's a new, heard it's a thing. it yeah it's a Dude's thing do it you Who know what jeff actually jeff are you single am i allowed to ask that yeah we'll put you on the show what what do you, you mean go. we're gonna put be a contestant we're gonna get we'll him go on the show no that, no, yeah. that, that, no i don't want to do that <laughs> we're elevating this very quickly <laughs> Jeff, Jeff gets more numbers than any other person in our store. We figured, we found out. I've worked there for a long time, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's numbers over a long period of time. And there's been different stores where more of it happens. And I mean, Jeff's a cool guy. What can, what there can you say? go. Um, we'll Janelle, <laughs> Janelle, did you know that Chris Harrison has a? I think it's a brewery like down the street, or just oh, you don't wait know down the street somewhere. From me. I can walk there. What? Yeah. So if you come visit, we can go. Okay. So we need to go to the Movement Standard, Chris yes. Harrison's Brewery. Yes. Um, what else do I need to do in Dallas? I really need to come visit. Yeah. You just need to come visit. We'll yeah. Do, for... We'll do all the things. On my list. Got yeah. that direct flight. spend money in Dallas. There is. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank this you. was awesome. Thanks yeah. This is like, yeah. This is a lot of fun. I know, right? Everybody always yeah. has fun. Yeah. <laughs> fun. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, you can check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard, music to your ears, please leave a review for us wherever you are listening to this podcast. Otherwise, we'll see y'all next time.